six years ago when he came over from Japan originally, the Dodgers were one of the five, I think, finalists for him. And I th- I think they believe, and I, I think they're right, he would have been a Dodger already if there was a DH in the National League at that time. If you had the chance to have a beer with your favorite baseball player, what would you talk about? Would you ask the same tired questions like every reporter after the game? How did you feel? What was going through your mind? Yada, yada, yada. Probably not. It's time you hear the stories that these players have never told. This is the Setup Man Podcast, where we have conversations that every fan wants to hear and the stories that every player and coach deserve to share. Let's get started. Hey, hey, Setup Nation. Welcome into another episode of Rumor Has It. This is our third team that we're checking in with, the Los Angeles Dodgers. We got Bill Plunkett today, beat reporter for the Orange County Register. Bill, thanks for jumping on and talking all things Dodgers it. hot stove. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, let's Fire see. Away. So, let's hey, go. Um, let's go. Fire that stove uh, another 100 win season for the Dodgers, right? 11 straight postseasons. Uh, you know, the. The, the broken record seems to be that they just can't make it very far in the playoffs. But you know what? They're they're doing things again and again and again every single year. Even when you don't expect them to put up 100 wins, they find a way to do it. And now, uh, you know, there, there hasn't been a whole lot this offseason. We were just talking about it off air, Max Muncy, the extension. But what do you see coming for this team coming up? And, uh, you know, there's the obvious big uh, – Big free agent that we're going to talk about here, but just from your perspective, anything big on the off season here coming up for the Dodgers? Well, they they have to do something about starting pitching. They cannot go uh, to Glendale in February with the current group they have. Hmm. Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, not going to pitch next year. Clayton Kershaw probably won't pitch until June or July if that early. And he isn't signed. Uh, Walker Bueller's going to be ready to go next year, but it's coming off of a second Tommy John and a fairly complicated uh, elbow surgery. There are some other issues in there. So he, even if he's healthy, they're going to put him on a restricted workload. Then you add in all the young guys, Bobby Miller, Ryan Pepio, Emmett Sheehan, et cetera, et cetera. That is not a championship uh, contender's rotation. And as we all know now, you don't need five or six. You need 10 or 12. So they, they've been pretty honest that they're going to go out and they want to get two starting pitchers, two guys that they can just absolutely plug in the rotation. Uh, how they go about doing that, that could could go in a di- bunch of different ways. I mean, the top of the market, free agent-wise, Blake Snell, uh, Aaron Nola, who already re-signed with the Phillies, uh, Yamo, the Japanese pitcher who's coming over, the Dodgers have interest in any and every starting pitching name that you can come up with. And I think the way, the way it'll play out, they're going to get one of those top end guys, either by free agency or trade in the trade. Dylan Cease, Corbin Burns, who we've heard about for two years, uh, Tyler glass. Now, if the raised decide they can't afford him, one of those guys is going to move. The Dodgers would like to get, one of them, in, you know, including Snell, Yamamoto, 
Burns, Cease, Glasnow. Get one of them. And then I think the second starting pitcher would be kind of in that uh, second tier. And name that really fits would be Jack Flaherty. He's a local L.A. guy, has a tremendous uh, upside. He's been very good in the past, hasn't been great recently. So they, you know, won't cost as much. And the Dodgers, you know, they love to think they can fix anybody and anything. So he would fit in that category. So, you know, say they get those two to the starting rotation, uh, then you can fill in around them with the Buellers and the Bobby Millers and the young guys and, and work from there. But I, I think if anything taught them a lesson last year, it was starting pitching because it just dissolved on them and then was an embarrassment in the first round against the Diamondbacks. So that has to be on the top of the list. Are you telling me there's not going to be a Trevor Bauer reuniting in LA? <laughs> that is, uh, me, as a baseball fan, that is fascinating to see what happens. Who, yeah. if anyone, gives him another chance? It ain't going to be the Dodgers. I We don't even have to get into it, but I would have a hard time imagining a big market team taking a risk on him. I, I, I think it's going to be a smaller market team. Starting pitching is obviously the glaring issue, but I look at Gavin Lux last year uh, out the entire season. Shortstop didn't seem like a, a big strength for you guys at all. Um, do they rely on Gavin Lux for coming them. back? For them. Don't say you guys. Don't put that on me. <laughs> Sorry, for, for the Dodgers. <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I group y'all in together. I group y'all in together. No. Okay. <laughs> for them, for the Dodgers. But do you think that they rely on hoping that Lux comes back and is fully healthy? Or do you think they're going to look elsewhere? As of right now, and we're a long way from opening day, he's their everyday shortstop or their primary shortstop with other options to fill in. The Dodgers pride themselves on and the phrase that I hear constantly from Friedman and Brandon Gomes and have since Friedman got here, nimble and opportunistic. They want to be nimble enough to take advantage of an opportunity if it comes up and they have players who can move around and are versatile. So if they were to get a shortstop, Gavin Lux can play second base. If they were to, you know, not get a shortstop, get a corner outfielder, well, then they would go back to what they did last year, platooning in the corner outfield spots. Mookie Betts plays a lot of second base. Lux would be the main shortstop. So just a lot of moving pieces like that. Rojas and Chris Taylor can play shortstop if necessary. But plan A, as of November, is that Gavin Lux is going to be the everyday shortstop. Same as they felt a year ago at this time. They went into last season thinking he was going to be the everyday guy. Uh, I talked to Gavin late in the season. One of the things that he brought up was he he liked the idea of going to winter ball and playing a little bit just to get it under, you know, get his legs back on the baseball field, get some of the live at bats that he missed by missing a season. Dodgers weren't uh, thrilled with that, so it doesn't look like he's going to do that. But they expect him to show up at spring training like any other player ready to go. They may, you know, be careful with the workload in, in the spring, not play him as much, but it, that's the plan right now. He's their shortstop. Okay. Uh, we have to ask the big question, Shohei Otani. If 
today Who? as we Who? record this november yeah exactly who's that yeah. i've heard <laughs> november that november 22nd right today is november 22nd <laughs> day before thanksgiving if if this if shohei made a decision today do you think it's with the dodgers how confident are you that the dodgers are the number one like the media is saying i think they are the the most likely landing spot i think the dodgers are extremely confident that they can get him uh, to the point of being a little blind, you know, blind, uh, maybe myopic about it. I think they they think he's theirs for the taking. It's going to be expensive and, and so on. But I think they have tremendous confidence that they're going to be able to sign him. If you remember six years ago when he came over from Japan originally, the Dodgers were one of the five, I think, finalists for him. And I, th- I think they believe and I, I think they're right. He would have been a Dodger already if there was a DH in the National League at that time. We hadn't gone to the Universal DH yet, so he went to an American League team right next door down here in Anaheim. So I think, you know, at that time, they put on a heavy recruiting blitz. Clayton Kershaw and Justin Turner both uh, made recruiting pitches to him, and I think that he would have been a Dodger if they had the DH. Now, fast forward six years. Uh, talking to a lot of the Japanese reporters that have covered Otani uh, for these, you know, years in Anaheim, they don't know. He's a very private guy. His agent keeps him very insulated from the media. Uh, in Anaheim, he could write his own ticket. He only spoke to the media after uh, games when he pitched. So, for example, if he hit the game-winning walk-off home run as a DH, he did not talk to the media after the game. So. He's very much a mystery, even to the guys whose assignment it is to cover him on a daily basis. And if you talk to them, they don't know what his thinking is. Uh, He's very much baseball is his number one priority. Also, number two, three, four, five and six. It's his entire life. Uh, So all these other factors that you might put in the mix with a normal free agent or a more public free agent. We don't know how important they are to Shohei. There's a perception that the geography works for in the Dodgers' favor, that he'd like to stay on the West Coast, that he likes Southern California, and why wouldn't you? Uh, there's a perception that winning is important to him. I, I take that with a grain of salt because I've heard that with free agents uh, for years, that they want to win, they want to go somewhere where they can win, and then the dollars end up deciding things and they go where the money is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's another factor in there. We, we just don't know what he values in this process. Uh, but I do think the Dodgers are, are confident they can do it. They're willing to do whatever it takes uh, to get him. It, it's just, you know, nobody expected him to sign with the Angels six years ago. So he could pull a surprise again. Well, what would be a reason that he wouldn't sign with the Dodgers? We just heard a lot of reasons that he would. Is there anything that stands out to you that would repel him away from the Dodgers at this point? Well, there's a, there's a few things that you could you could make up scenarios where it makes sense to go somewhere else. Uh, the Giants, for example, he would go up there. He would be the first Asian star in the Bay Area, an area that has a large Asian community. Uh, if he wants to be the star, he would be the star in that team. They really don't have another star level player. 
it comes to the Dodgers, he's just another one of the stars or the biggest of the stars with Mookie and Freddie and Clayton Kershaw if he comes back. Maybe he doesn't like that idea. Maybe he likes the idea of opening a new market to his brand and Asian baseball. And he goes somewhere like Toronto, Boston. There's, there's, there's a speculation bouncing around about Boston because that's the headquarters for New Balance. And Shohei is the number one, uh, you know, sponsor or spokesperson for New Balance. Maybe he wants to go there because of that connection. There's just a lot of scenarios that you can play out that we don't know because he's so insular. Okay. Well, I talked to Rhett Bollinger uh, with the Angels earlier this week, and I asked him the same question. And I have a feeling I know what you're going to say to it as well. I think I've seen only one article come out about this. Uh, Mike Trout uh, being named as a potential trade target for the angels. Uh, is, is that, is there any credibility to that rumor right now? Not that I can discern. I don't, I don't know the source where that came from. I don't know where he got that. Uh, you know, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The Dodgers have enough giant contracts for aging players like Freeman and, and Betts. I don't see them wanting another one. Uh, you know, as great as Trout is, he's been injured a lot the last couple of years. He hasn't, you know, produced the same value for those numbers. Uh, you know, he's a great player. Would the Dodgers like to have a great player? Sure. Um, but can you imagine a, a roster where you had Mookie Betts for 365 million, Mike Trout for 427 million or whatever's left of it, and Shohei Otani for half a billion or whatever he's gonna get? I no, I find no. that really hard to believe. Yeah. Well what did I, what did I, Rhett say? Rhett said that Artie wouldn't allow it. <laughs> Artie Artie uh, yeah. There's, there's, yeah. there's a lot, uh, already has his hands in everything that the angels do every time and losing both their stars in the same season. Oof, that would be a real hit to the franchise value for a guy who wanted to sell a year ago. It would. So I, I agree with you. And especially with the need of starting pitching, if you're putting all your money into the top three guys in baseball, maybe top three of four, if you don't include Acuna. Um, I just don't see how that makes for a, a balanced uh, roster when you have no pitching. So aside from pitching, aside from Otani, aside from Trout, what else do you see the Dodgers needing to fill in with holes and who are maybe some potentials? Uh, I'm maybe hearing a couple of the corner outfield spots. What, what are you seeing? Yeah, they definitely want to do something in the corner outfields, uh, left-handed hitter most likely. Uh, I would, I, I suspect Jason Hayward will be back and be part of that, but left field again, they, they like to be able to, you know, versatile and move people around. So if they can find a left fielder who, you know, with a good bat, then they make that move and, and Chris Taylor plays somewhere else. And, you know, if they find a, I don't know, a second baseman or a shortstop, then the outfield looks different, but, they will, they will be searching for left-handed hitting corner outfielders. 
if somehow they don't get Otani and they find that out soon enough or early enough in the offseason, then they need a DH. Maybe Max Muncie is that DH and they go out and get a third baseman instead. Hmm. Uh, it is, uh, I, I think we're on to year 35 in the Nolan Arenado to the Dodgers <laughs> trade rumors. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that'll happen. But uh, that's another thing that we'll hear all winter. I thought they might be interested in Matt Chapman. And mm -hmm. it, partly because, like we talked about, Gavin Lux coming back from an injury wasn't a great fielder to begin with. You wonder if that impacts his fielding. If you have Gavin Lux at shortstop, slightly compromised because of the knee injury, and you have Max Muncie at third base, quite possibly the worst fielding third baseman in baseball last year, that's a that's not a very good combo to have on your left side. So maybe Chapman makes sense to them as an upgrade defensively, uh, and then Muncie becomes the DH if they don't get Otani. It's just a lot of moving pieces right now. Okay. Last question. Do you see this being a big year for Dave Roberts, who, yes, has the World Series championship in 2020, but Anyone and everyone, especially Giants fans, are going to make Dodgers fans always feel like that wasn't a real World Series because of COVID. But, you know, we just continue to see underperforming in the playoffs. At any point, do you see Dave Roberts being the scapegoat for this continued broken record of not performing in the playoffs? Uh, I don't. If it was going to happen, I think 2019 – when they lost to the Nationals in the first round and Dave made a couple questionable pitching decisions in the deciding game. If the flame on, you know, his hot seat was at its highest then, I think it's it's gone down since, despite the back-to-back -back first round uh, failures. I think there's been an interesting progression or evolution of thinking among Dodger fans. They hated Dave. He was the problem. He was the the guy who was dragging him down, you know, every winter. We heard that. Reached a crescendo in 2019. Since then, I think there's been a realization on their part that a lot of what Dave does is punch the buttons for the front office. And mm -hmm. he doesn't always make these decisions. And I go mm -hmm. back to uh, 2021 the when they played the Giants in the first round and they used openers for Julio Urias. And they closed with Max Scherzer, and it cost them. They were burned out and had nothing left for the NLCS yeah. against the Braves. But there was a realization that Dave did those things because the front office told him to. Mm. Uh, so I think the the flame has moved. It's not the hot seat under Dave as much as it is now under Andrew Friedman. Uh, and that's interesting. I mean, he was the golden golden boy for so many years, and now, now there's starting to be a little discontent with the way that uh, the front office does things. And Andrew is obviously the architect there. So I don't think it doesn't make any sense to, to say they need to get rid of Dave Roberts because the next guy that they hire would have to do the same things uh, and would be working with the same front office. Uh, so I, I think Dave, Dave is uh, as good as they're going to have for implementing what they want. So the discontent, I think, now has moved to the front office. Okay. 
Bill Plunkett, thank you so much for jumping on and uh, having a talk with me on our Rumor Has It side segment, talking all things hot stove with the L.A. Dodgers. Looking forward to seeing you at the winter meetings here in Nashville. You got it. Anytime.